God, these podcasts, their ads, their feckless reviews, their so-called beers. Who listens to it all, eh? The non-existent fans. See, that's why I started my own gig, to spread the gospel of Chumpzilla. I spread it like a venerable disease in a dive bar bathroom. Hops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome and thank you for joining us on the 170th episode, and I mean that, this is the 170th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by Woban Entertainment. We are the internet's number one bad movie and good beer podcast, as rated by a weird Persian snake man. I, Chumpzilla, will be hosting tonight for our second installment, the long-awaited second installment, in our Hops and Star-Powered Flop series. And on this episode, we are covering a supremely stupid video game adaptation, 2010's Prince of Persia, colon, The Sands of Time. Starring none other than Maggie Gyllenhaal's better half? Certainly her more Persian half. Oh, or oh, less oh, Persian half. I Maybe? Oh, wow. Okay. And joining me tonight on this episode is everyone's favorite time travel dagger expert, the Thunderous Wizard. I am a uh, assassin. That is true. Mm-hmm. Um, I dabble in all sorts of uh, sword whips, snakes, mm-hmm. uh, poisonings. Captain Cash, but, can I get an official ruling here? Is that a key sword? Puzzle sword? What is that? Can you travel back in time to not I can, be such uh, a disappointment? I can wall run. I can, I'm a free runner. Well, you know that. that's <laughs> that, that, almost as good. Yeah. Pretty much. I believe that is a puzzle sword. And puzzle. there we go. I also believe that uh, this movie is terrible. So hmm. moving on, I guess. Yeah. So we're also joined by the pod's resident snake cult leader, Captain Cash. I also race ostriches on the weekends. That's true. Definitely That's true. don't have sex with them. You need at least two guys do that because are strong yeah just a quick show of hands uh how many of us thought the ostrich joke would extend further than the one scene like you felt like it was going somewhere and then it didn't like all of this movie it it does kind of come back with the whole like it's now suicidal yeah you've you've, sort of a callback but it's a it's it's a show ostrich it has papers you can't put it in a kennel. It gets upset. Its hair falls out. It, it chews the furniture. Yeah. Uh, and sadly, folks, Mayor McCheese could not make it tonight because he was incapacitated by a gin and toke spiked robe. However, that works. Uh, regardless, we do wish him the best. I actually, I mean, like, doesn't Putin kill people in pretty much similar ways? Little, little poison that's applicable to the skin just seeps right in your pores like a polonium robe yeah I think yeah like, like, like it's usually tea it's usually yeah but uh, usually it's like one of uh hmm. steven seagal's sweaty smocks you know that he uh, wears uh, no, f- actually 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 it's like it's a suppository so like when he shits his pants uh, that's when it gets you okay so it's sort of like uh, in vietnam when they put the, the shit on the bamboo shoots It'll get mm-hmm. you. He's like an assassin shitter. Yeah, you get chink guy the hard way. Yikes. Yes. So, okay. Uh, let's get to beer here because we're going to need it. Uh, since this is our first episode recorded in September, I went with a spooky season beer. I got a pumpkin ale from State of Brewing. And I believe this is an Aldi exclusive brew. Uh, State of Brewing, as I have found, is a virtual brewery um that's actually uh supplied or produced or... hold up what what the fuck is a virtual brewery does it well, really exist or not 
it it doesn't like the beers that are brewed under that name actually come from octopi brewing out of wanakee wisconsin and they're like basically brewers for hire like hey give us a beer we'll brew it for you and we'll put whatever label you want on it so oh this there, is like, there you go like mercenary is, beer people right I appreciate and so that. this is like why it's in all these special um the, the yeah. assassins of beer Exactly. It's billed as an easy drinking pumpkin ale brewed with spices, and a sixer of this will run you about eight bucks. Uh, yeah, it pours a real dark amber with a tiny amount of head, like minimal head. And this does not pass the Captain Cash test with an ABV of an even 6%. And I'll just say this, guys, this is bad. Like, it literally punches you right in the mouth with a ton of allspice flavor and some cinnamon, and then like straight up sugary pumpkin pie flavor that tastes like a spoonful of the pumpkin pie filling from a can. Like it just, it's gross, it's sweet, it's nasty. Um, it's got a really funky, not so pleasant aftertaste. So I would definitely not call this an easy drinking pumpkin ale. I can only give this beer a one bad movie rating, there are definitely better pumpkin beers out there, so I would not waste your time with this one. I am sorry I brought it to the pod. Well, since you made me have one, and that's why we, did. we postponed a week, is because you and I were traveling back to the the motherland, you know, the motherland in Ohio at Miami, um, and I was able to have half of it. I, the taste of this beer is what I would call the equivalent, I think of what it would be like to just take an Axe body spray canister and spray your tongue. Oh my God, right? <laughs> That's how bad this beer is. This beer was awful. Awful. Like licking <laughs> the great pumpkin's butthole. It, it, yeah. It's like it's like a, like, what you, like a scratch and sniff pumpkin sticker and then licked it. It's just uh, like offensive yeah. and like... I mean, there's so many like and... things. It's like French kissing the pumpkin head guy from uh, Return to Oz. It's... <laughs> pump, pump. Pumpkin head, or, yeah. or just like give him pumpkin head a blowjob. There you go. Pumpkin head. If he All only, right. if he only had a dick. Do, 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 do. Mm, yeah. I think you're confusing your Oz characters, but I'll allow it. Yeah, I I have no problems with that. So again, let's get back to the matter at hand here. We're talking about Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time, and uh, this movie was a blatant attempt to recapture the lightning in the bottle. That was the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. This was a Jerry Bruckheimer's production. His company acquired the rights to the game in 2004. It had come out the year before. If I had a and, nickel for every late 2000s Jerry Bruckheimer film that had Alfred Molina and Toby Kebbell in it, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot of money, but it's still weird that it happened twice. Yes, it is, and they are now both on the pod. Welcome back, guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, he basically wanted to take this game and adapt it in a similar fashion to the Pirates franchise, you know, taking the basic elements of this video game and creating a new story from it. And, and Bruckheimer and Disney thought that the property had major franchise potential, even going as far as delaying the production slash release to avoid the 2007-2008 screenwriter strike, and also to avoid opening against Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Not really sure that would have mattered, but whatever. Uh, I think it China. made a bunch of money, though. Yeah, sure. I mean, it was a bad movie, but it made a bunch of money. It did. True. Facts. Uh, but this movie was finally released in the May of 2010. It was rated PG-13 with a runtime of 116 minutes. The movie was produced on a budget of $200 million and heavily marketed. So add at least another $50 million to that total. Uh, the movie found itself in quicksand at the box office, pulling in only $90 million domestically and a worldwide total of $336 million, meaning this movie made absolutely no money for the mouse. Who do you think more wishes they had the Sands of Time dagger to go back and not do this? J Gyllenhaal? Ben Kingsley or Jerry Bruckheimer? Well, I'll stop you short there. Ben Kingsley is the king of schlock. He was in Blood Rain and several other just horrific crap. <laughs> ben Kingsley is a keep cashing them checks guy, 100%. Uh, 
every now and then he's yeah. like you know what? i'm gonna dust off the old acting chaps you know i was you know i was a, you know shakespeare in, in london i i can really he act. was gandhi yeah he got an oscar for gandhi but he yeah. loves doing bad shit he, he loves was it. really good in gandhi too i'm just saying <laughs> Well, UHF the, uh, listen to the UHF joke. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I think I think you know Bruckheimer is fine. He got paid for it. I think Jake Gyllenhaal is the one that regrets Mo- it the most. more than anybody else. Just yes. let, me push, yeah. let, me, let me push the button and go back. He's like, uh, I maybe should have made better choices. I don't think it really hurt his career. I think this was just a, a miss for him. Oh, it's a huge miss because this was supposed to be a big franchise. And here's my big question because I like these games a lot. The Sands of Time is obviously a fantastic game. I think it's one of the more critically acclaimed entries into the series and really like oh, sure. the series yeah. back in a high there, gear. There, there's a reason why they, they snagged this property as a franchise, you know, potential but starter. The game only sold like, I mean, it sold 14 million copies. That's nothing to slouch at. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to translate to let's spend two hundred and seventy million dollars. Exactly, I, I think that kind of that's the Hollywood logic, right? There's there's one of like some that's the whole you know shtick of this this series of pods is they just wanted they needed a vehicle for a star and like well this is mildly popular perhaps we could turn it into a franchise. I mean because because hey. You're saying it's a fourteen hundred or fourteen million? I'm sorry, fourteen million copy selling video game. What the fuck is the Pirates of the Caribbean? It's a goddamn amusement park ride, right? Yeah, but Johnny Depp is infinitely, or at least that version of Johnny Depp was infinitely more appealing than uh, Bug Eyes Jake Gyllenhaal. It's a better movie and a better story. I guess the point is like make a better movie. You can make a you can make a good movie about anything, but the movie has to be good. Anyway, yeah, execution uh, is all of it. Yeah. So, hey, so uh, the Prince of Persia, Cohen, The Sands of Time, carries a 37% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, and the user score gets a bump up coming in at 58%. And uh, which is, well, I mean, there is, a, there is a contingent of Reddit that really wants the sequel to this. So, if you think I'm weird because I, occasionally tweet out restore the Snyderverse. there is a there's a fervent i would say 40 or 50 people online on reddit who are really dozens. lobbying for the sequel to this dozens of them yeah and uh so uh, we, we've got a metacritic score higher at 50 which i don't necessarily agree with and a user score at 7.2 was the game that good d-dubs i feel like that's game that's gamer. Bump. Sands of Time is one of the great platforming games of all time. Now, most of them are good, right? But Sands of Time is legit one of the greats. And this movie does incorporate several other very, like sequels to that game. But yeah, that is the basis. Multiple for this games movie. are represented. Yeah. All right. Well, fair enough. Well, it generally uh, it was criticized for its whitewashed cast and generic action which honestly are both valid points. The movie is painfully not uh, Middle Eastern and uh, in its cast. And it's, uh, yeah, the action's kind of forgettable. It really if is. If by painfully you mean all these starring roles are white British people and one American, and then Ben Kingsley's like, hey, but I'm sort of representing guys over here. Sort of, yeah, he's... Uh, in- but I'm the bad guy. Yes, yes, yes. And... Uh, so again, this was an attempt at a major franchise cornerstone. So the director they chose for this project was a major franchise vet, Mike Newell, who directed the fourth Harry Potter movie, The Goblet of Urine. It's a fire, but fire. Sure. If you have gonorrhea, kind of the same thing. Eh, so. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. But and the writers on this were no slouches either. And here you go, Captain Cash. One of them directed Remember the Titans, and the other co-wrote The Sorcerer's Apprentice. I I can tell. I can yeah. tell. Yeah. So there's your there's your Toby, uh, Toby Kebble Molina. They were uh, just like, let's really there. make sure we get those guys. I, I hope gonna, I'm not. They're gonna go. They're gonna be big. I hope I'm not stepping on any of your trivia, but uh, the guy they who came out the same year too, Prince of Persia. I believe his name is like Jordan Mechner or something. That could be something like that but i guess he was pretty like 
well, very hands-on with the script and, mm. and in ways that didn't really service the movie very well. Because honestly, if you just take the general conceit of the sands of time, it's really friggin' cool. But the ending of this movie, and we're going to get there, is such a disaster that it's sort of unforgivable. Yeah, the movie, uh, the end of this movie is odd. Very bad. We'll, we'll get there. Um, and as far as the cast goes, let's just get this out of the way now. It is very whitewashed for a movie set in the Middle East. It stars Jake Gyllenhaal as Prince Dustin. We have Ben Trevor Slattery Kingsley as his evil uncle. Toby Kebble, again, welcome back to the pod, Toby. I believe as... his name is Dustin. No, Dustin. It's Dustin. Yeah, Dustin. <laughs> like sand. It's Dusty. Dustin. 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 Sand. Sand. Dustin. Yeah. So, and, and our buddy Toby's back with Richard Coyle as Dustin's brothers. We have Gemma Arteraton as the Princess of Alamut. And Alfred Molina plays a libertarian chic. Just let that all sink in for a moment. Just, just that's uh, and that pretty much covers it. So, uh, Albert Al, or Alfred Molina's character makes pretty much no sense, but he's still a highlight of the film. Uh, yeah, he, he's pleasant. I enjoyed it, but that whole little side story makes really not a ton of narrative sense. It's just a thing that happens. His presence in the film is like, what if we had like a Jack Sparrow character that has almost no impact on the plot. He's right. just here for flavor. It's literally the video game concept of a side quest. Like he's just a non sequitur side quest that you step out of the main narrative for a thing. And then when it's done, you're back in the main narrative and has nothing to do with. Oh, the old the side story. quest where you barter the princess into slavery. <laughs> No, no, no. It's it's ostrich racing is the side quest. If I race enough ostriches, I can get an ostrich that runs super fast and can run over the mountains, which will let me get the materia to summon the knights of the round table. Is that is that a Final Fantasy thing? That is a Final Fantasy thing. Okay, because that, that's what I thought of when it got to the ostrich racing. I'm like, oh, that's... Like chocobos. Chocobos, All right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. So uh, IMDB describes this movie as follows. A young fugitive prince and princess must stop a villain who unknowingly threatens to destroy the world with a special dagger that enables the magic sands inside to reverse time. Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, sure. We, we don't know that till like two thirds of the way through the movie, but yeah. Okay. Feels like that should have happened sooner. Kind of feels like they should have gotten there a little faster. Yeah. There's way too much slow-mo they had to get out of the way before they could unveil that secret. This mm -hmm. this movie, oh my god, the slow motion. Well, and, and the whole like it's like a political like game of deception. It's like I, I don't know enough about this world to care about shit. You're you're gonna have to tell me more. The movie takes way well, too this long is a holy city and they shouldn't attack it. That's all you need to know. Sure. What city? Who's attacking where? I don't fucking know. It's called Alamut. So, so. Yep. So T-Dubs, what's your one-line description? Uh, I mean, yeah. You could easily say, like, yes, this is just the sands of time if done super poorly. But then again, most video game plots are generally pretty stupid. But really, yep. I would describe this as every dumbfuddled face that Ben Kingsley is making throughout this film is what you'll look like while you're watching it. Because it appears ben, as if Ben, ben Kingsley. Kingsley is lost the entire movie. He ben doesn't know Kingsley what's going truly on. is the audience surrogate. Mm -hmm. He's just like, I'm glad I'm getting paid for this because I have no idea what's going on. When, Captain when he, Cash. Right. I, I got two, and it's, uh, it's how you want to do it. It's uh, Prince of Persia, colon, The Return of Jafar. Okay. Or, it's about time to leave the fucking theater. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's that's good i like that that's solid um wow wow okay captain cash i, I like that um so uh here's mine a woefully miscast jake gyllenhaal stars as a persian parkour enthusiast with a magic knife in a jerry bruckheimer production obviously and unsuccessfully attempting to recreate the success of the pirates of the caribbean franchise I really enjoy Persian parkour, the alliteration there, but I feel like we can take it further. A professional 
Persian parkour prince. Oh, possibly, possibly, perfectly miscast. Oh, okay. I, I appreciate that. So that's because, that's legit. Because you made the Aladdin reference, this immediately popped into my head. Prince Dastan, fabulous. He Dastan Babwa, whiter than every other Persian man, definitely. <laughs> he slices bad guys with swords, reverses time with his knife. He rides ostriches and uh, that I lost it there, but <laughs> a whole new world. Yes, he slices oh, bad guys with here. He reverses time with his knife. Please let this end my life. <laughs> oh, no. It's just it's so bad. It is. So here's the plot of this movie. Uh, Hall's character, uh, Dastan, is a street kid adopted by the king of Persia. Uh, he thereby becomes a de facto prince of Persia, even though he has no royal blood. Would, That's would the name say, of the movie. Yeah. Would you say yeah, he's a street rat? He is absolutely a street rat. Like the moment that he decides that the he's the king of Persia, except shouldn't it be like like there's a better title for that, right? Sultan? I don't know. But yeah, the Sultan, whatever. Like the stand literally literally does the runs out in front of the horse to save the street, the, the smaller street urchins. And then the Sultan's like, or the caliph or whatever is like, I'll oh, we'll, uh, we'll adopt this boy. And I'm like, I, guys, I know this is Bruckheimer and Disney, but you didn't have to redo Aladdin. But at that point, they weren't doing the live action remakes just yet. So this was yeah. probably there. I, yeah, I suspect that was like, a, like a, a gentle nod, but whatever. Anyway, so he's a prince of Persia, although not of royal blood. Not that, that matters, but they pointed out several times. And we get the title drop in this movie like, like six times within the first ten minutes, a lot of, a lot of. Oh, you're a prince of Persia stuff. Yeah, he's the Great. lion of Persia. He's this of Persia. He's yeah. yeah. Oh, he forgot. He's a prince of Persia. Prince yeah. Of Persia, yeah. Uh, so anyway, so his uncle Ben Kingsley orchestrates an unjust attack on a neighboring city state and assassinates his brother, the king, with a poison cloak, sure. like robe. Yeah, I don't, whatever. It like burns him somehow. I don't uh, yeah. know. Mm -hmm. I feel like I feel like there's something there that I should have researched and didn't. And I just yeah. I don't understand how they can't get it off. Yeah, and they, but they carry it around, but it's yeah. triggered like, once more. Everybody else can touch idle. it without effect, except for Ben Kingsley. Uh, yeah, we whatever. later. But would you call a poison robe a probe? No. No, I wouldn't. Uh, but this is all part of Ben Kingsley's plan to take the crown for himself, ultimately via time travel. But that comes much later. Uh, in the process, uh, Dastan, Dastan, Dustin, Dustin is uh, set up with the princess of the conquered city-state, Alma, and learns of the power of the magic dagger and its sands of time. So that was which he uses exactly three times. Yep. And the I will say this now, the visual effects for that time travel mechanism, pretty cool. Except they, like does it really I matter don't know. in the movie? Does it really have any impact? No, no, it doesn't. The three times he uses it, pretty, pretty pedestrian, honestly. But like the CGI dummy Jake Gyllenhaal they have where he's like glowing looking at himself. I'm like, ooh, this is a this is 2010 CGI right here. Yike. I enjoyed that. I like glowy J. John Hall. I, I like when he uses it to kill the snakes that the assassin sends after their camp. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, like really, I mean, that's the whole conceit of that game is that you're constantly like, it's trial and error. You're figuring out like what you need to do and dying a lot and then rewinding time and, and taking a different approach. And this movie could have benefited greatly from that happening a, a lot more. I, I just feel like there was a more creative way to use that mechanism. Yeah, and it's called Live, Die, Repeat. Oh, wait, oh. What, what is it called? The Edge of Tomorrow. That, that's what the movie was called. Yeah, well, that, well, the, the original title was whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's just Groundhog Day where Tom Cruise wears a mech suit, though. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's Which what we still, that's what we still, still sounds awesome. I, I, I'm sign me up. I, hell, I'd watch Groundhog Day with Bill Murray in a mech suit. That'd still be fine. But anyway, so we got this time travel mechanism introduced, and uh, Destan figures out that his adoptive uncle wants to use the dagger and that time travel mechanism uh, to go back in time and not save his king the, the, or his brother the king when they were children so that he ben kingsley instead grows up to rule persia and then in that future his brother's kids would not be in the way and of course uh uh you know the kid from aladdin would still be a street rat so uh now uh the kid from uh, aladdin you mean aladdin what did i say aladdin from aladdin Aladdin from Aladdin, yeah, the kid, yeah. kid from Aladdin, Aladdin kid from Aladdin, Aladdin, Aladdin. Yeah, Aladdin, yeah, Aladdin, yeah, right there in the name, like the prince, like a prince of Persia, like a prince of Persia. Yeah. Aladdin, Aladdin yeah. ultimately becomes by marrying yeah. Sultan's daughter, if you think about it. So, so yeah, so we take this huge uh, side quest to hang out with Alfred Molina for a while, uh, but then which uh, is fun. Destin Alfred comes having back. a good time. He is he he not paying his taxes, which is cool. Taxation is theft. So uh, uh, Dustin comes back and he has the final confrontation with his uncle. They fight it out in the city's catacombs and they both travel back in time to a scene from the start of the film. Now in the past and armed with the knowledge of his uncle's plan, Dustin warns his brothers of their uncle's true intentions. And thankfully, they believe him. And oh, he still gets the girl which she got inexplicably earlier anyway, but whatever, because the power of lady boners is stronger than logic or something. I mean, now Jake Gyllenhaal is very pretty. He's still this, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. That this, last, this last scene reeks of being rewritten or reshot. It is so bad. It's a do-over. It's just, it's just fucking It's a total do-over. do-over. And he's like, he is the guilty one. And he's like, no, no, do not look to me as the guilty one. Look to him as the guilty one. And then they're like, yeah, you're probably right, because our brother's like actually this homeless guy. And then he's like, no, now I'll try and stab him in the back, <laughs> immediately revealing I'm the bad person. Yeah, it's just it's uh, not it, not good. Crap. I think the word for it's, it's not good. Yeah. Um, it, this is like one one very small step away from it was a dream. Yeah, no, it absolutely is that. Like, oh, you know, that journey we just took. None of that actually matters. Not even a little. No. And, Which uh, I, I, I'm not against, but the stakes were never necessarily there for that. Yeah, and like but, the relationship that Jake Gyllenhaal builds with the princess of Almud or whatever, like not, that doesn't get mourned. She doesn't remember who he is. There's no amount of pathos around. Oh shit. Well, the last seven months of my life didn't happen. There's yeah. never it's been just, a movie with more unearned, well, they won't they kiss in this particular scene moments than this one. Their chemistry is abysmal. Well, I have four very important questions for you, Chumzilla. Number one. Okay. Is the principal lead a man? Yes. Is the secondary lead a woman? Yes. Three, are they both attractive? Extremely so. And four, and most crucially, was this shot before 1999? Mm, no, I don't think so. 2010. Then this does not pass the Matrix test. There is absolutely no reason these people should hook up. If this were shot in 99, though, obviously they'd hook up. They're a man, they're a woman, they're pretty. That's how it works, right? I mean, hooray for happy endings? I'm, whatever. I guess. It's an unearned romance uh, to say the least, but you're right. They are the two main characters on the screen, so they clearly have to hook up. I, I mean, they are pretty. They are. Both of them, very pretty. So, if we were going to give this movie a beer rating, um, I'm going to give it six beers. Even at 116 minutes or whatever, I am still going to give this movie six beers. It gets all the beers. The movie's bad. The plot's dumb. The action is, in fact, bland, and it looks worse than Raiders of the Lost Ark. I have seen better Middle Eastern set movies from the 80s. It's inexcusable. I struggle to see where all the money went. $200 million. I don't really see it. I wish that I had that magic dagger so I could send myself back in time and tell my past self not to watch the movie. Well, I mean, for what it's worth, 
Raiders of the Lost Ark was filmed by arguably the greatest director of his generation and Fair. maybe of the last 70 years. So, Fair. Uh, but like, yeah, this movie, I'm not going to give it six. It's five, though. Uh, and because... Alfred Molina is in both. He is in both. Wait, yeah, I'm trying is. to remember. He, yeah, because he's the he's stealing the he's, the he's, idol. Uh, he's he's, 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 in, he's in brown face at the beginning. <laughs> well, I, yeah, they definitely. He's tan, very tan. Yes, he's very, very tan. suspiciously tan. But like, it. I don't know that it's bad as much as it's boring. And for that's fair. Two hours. To just generally be bored. Like, we didn't even talk about the assassin characters that were basically all Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. Which that, was cool for like five minutes. Not like, even. It was eight. cool for like when the first showed up, and then I'm like, well, these are wildly impractical specializations, and you're not using them in a way where I'm like, hey, neat. Like, there's guy who can do snake things, there's guy who can throw things. And then there's guy with like whip sword thing. Well, for some reason they can all produce yeah. like sand tornadoes when they're yeah. when they're on the move. Which, but but none of them have any character beyond like they are the quintessential video game villain. They're just there to attack the people, and I don't really care what happens to them other than to go. Oh, hey, cool! That yeah. one shoots snakes out of his hands. Well, and the whole the whole deal when Ben Kingsley like consorts with the snake man it reminded me a lot of i think it was was the king arthur movie where they just had like the squid monster in the basement oh yeah yeah, and yeah. That, that, that nobody it, else it, knows exists except for like, oh assassins aren't real it's like they but, very clearly have this elaborate friggin dojo <laughs> in the middle yeah of town. It, it, it seems like that's a very weird secret to keep and he consorts with the dark arts of whatever it's like no one else seems to be aware that hey you, you might notice that you know uncle uncle steve is over there talking with the weird snake man nobody else it's, caught it's that? probably fine it's probably, probably fine it's, don't don't probably even worry nothing about it. to that yeah These guys are cool just just overlook that yeah. but yeah this is a five beer movie it's it's boring it it doesn't yeah. actively make make me like angry to watch it but at the same time i'm like please get this over with Five will get me through without too much trouble, I think. That, that's that's fair, Captain Cash. T-Dubs, what do you rank it at? Okay, considering I own this on Blue. <laughs> oh, my God. And I saw it. Really this yeah. whole thing was really just a ploy to, so uh, T-Dubs could go back through his old catalog. I guess. I used to have this like weird like belief that I had to support the video game movies that came out. Like I even used to rent the terrible we bowl movies um, because Uva. it's like you know like oh they, they won't make anymore um but this is like three yeah, that's how i felt beers. about comic book movies yeah three pain beers one enjoyment beer i think there's some things to like about this movie okay. i think this movie actually could have been really good if it was handled a little more deftly because the free running uh parkour shit in the games is cool and some of that is cool here, but not nearly of enough of it is. And some of the camera work is really bad. And there's a huge over-reliance on stupid CGI moments. And to your point, like yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark shot on location. This movie very clearly was shot on a soundstage somewhere. Yeah. It there's so much CGI. It feels it feels cheap for $200 million. Yes. Which is weird, right? Like, where did right. the money go? Hopefully to Jay Gyllenhaal, yes. So yeah I, and that's that's the thing it's it is boring it's, it's quite boring um to the point where i tried to make my kids watch it with me and they're like no this sucks uh, they were like out after the disney logo as soon as the narration started they're like nah this sucks yeah. oh also because this joke does not does not come up later ryan gosling comes to mind when i watch this movie because the opening text crawl it's all in papyrus. Papyrus, yeah. Mm. Are you trying to tell me that Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Gosling are different people? Maybe. I thought it was just like a, I thought it was like a Garth Brooks, Chris Gaines kind of thing. That's the yeah. same guy, right? 
Just one yeah. has dark hair. That yeah. reminds me of what my original one sentence was going to be if we had recorded this last week, and that was the Prince of Central Casting. It's like finally <laughs> the most the, the whitest, most handsome fellow to be in our movie about Persia. But not I mean, a complete cipher. If we wanted a complete cipher, we'd have got Sam Worthington. Just a oh. complete tabula rasa. You can imprint just about anybody on this guy. Oh, you what can see you can see uh, Gyllenhaal yelling, "This is our land." <laughs> Even though, even though uh, Worthington is just a Navi in disguise, it's not actually his land. He just happens to be fighting with them. Wait, do you say, do you say Navidad? This is, this is hold, Jerry hold me steady. Hold the knife, Navidad. Reverse time to before I got shot. <laughs> Navi, Navidad, your hands are so soft. Open, gentle, Navidad. I hate saying <laughs> Navidad. It's coarse. It's rough. Uh, Gets my butt kiss cheeks. My forehead. I hate it. Hold me. Kiss my forehead gently, Navidad. Uh, Go watch our Gangsterland or whatever the hell that movie was. Pod. Go watch. Go listen to. Oh, jeez. All right. So, uh, listeners, we have covered the plot and our beer ratings. So let's take a break here and hear from our ostrich racing friends over the Hot Nation USA podcast. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrew. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by Wobam Entertainment. We're still talking about 2010's Prince of Persia. So let's cover our general impressions of the film. And then, gentlemen, I do have a few questions for you about this lovely movie. Um, Yeah, I think we kind of covered it already. I mean, the movie's biggest weaknesses, the cast is not Persian. Um... The movie's use of the video games mechanics is not super satisfying. And just generally, yeah, it has one of the biggest sins you can have with a an action adventure type film. It's kind of boring. It's got like a vaguely political plot that we don't understand and we're not really privy to. And it's not like super clear and effectively it undoes all the consequences of the film at the end. So it feels like a super unsatisfying film. Which, I mean, of itself is not necessarily a bad thing, but the way it's executed really is the problem here. Like mm. Sands of Time, the game, is literally built around that mechanic of let me rewind to five seconds ago. You could make a cool movie out of that, but that's got to be central to the plot. Here, it, it gets used four times. Well, no, that's not fair. It gets used five times, right? Sure. It's it's the first two times where he's figuring out where Dustin is figuring out mm-hmm. how the dagger works. It's the snake fight. Then it's the he gives the dagger to his brother to show it his brother how the time travel works. Oh, and, and then it's get, the very end. At the very end, yeah, yeah. And it's like that's not enough. I mean, in two hours. You're giving it to me five times. So in 200 minutes, once every, you know, what, 20 minutes we get this? Yeah. Well, I, I just think that I, I do appreciate at the end that the stakes were a bit higher. He uses it, you know, you know, when he's fighting Ben Kingsley to like undo the whole movie, which fine, if that's the way which I did I didn't understand how like what was Ben Kingsley doing to stab it into like the core where all the sand is. And somehow well, that's going to end the world? No, 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 no. So, so it inexplicably is revealed to us during the first two uses with the princess out in the desert that if you jab the dagger into the whatever that thing is at the end, where the sand, sand comes tunnel. from, the sure, sand whatever. Tunnel, whatever, when you do that and, and you hold the button down, you go back further 
than just the one minute that the dagger holds. It's you actually it's like the game genie of the of the series yeah, of time. You, you you can go back as far as you want. So Jafar wants to go all the way back to when he and the king no, no, no. were yeah, children. I, I get so, that. But, but that's the cheat code. You can you can go back further than one minute if you go to the source of the sand. But right, doing but so, stabbing, yeah. Why does that end the world? It did, well, because you theoretically, much, if you go too, yeah. if you go too far back, it, it like, disrupts you know, the flow of time. It it, this is sort of like deal. you know, yeah. Loki stole all this later, but uh. <laughs> kind of. Did anyone here play the games? And yeah. if so, was this a decent adaptation? I think I didn't. It, it was it was encouraging to see that so much money was put behind this, but to the point we've all made, like they don't use the mechanics well. Like if you want to make this really cool, then when the person's fleeing with the knife, it's like a foot chase and they're doing all these crazy stunts. And Jake Gyllenhaal's character starts to wonder like, wait a minute, like, like I can't catch this guy because in reality, like you're watching the guy keep rewinding his own mistakes. And that should happen in this movie. Like the action would be just so much cooler if he's having to correct his own mistakes in real time and not just doing these, like he does it once with the snakes and he does it at the end and he does it with the girl, but the game is so much about motion and creating a really free flowing style and <clears throat> running and getting past traps and stuff. And this movie doesn't do any of that very well. So yeah. I think, I, I think also that because they, they spent way too much on the budget on creating this fictitious version of Persia, like the entire background is CGI for the most part. So, and a lot of the references to other games are just token references. Like when he pulls out those two swords, that's a different game. Yep. And so there's some costume stuff that references the other yeah. games. And that's like really Which, surface level shit. And honestly, that's, it's cute. And I appreciate that they added that for fans of the franchise. But honestly, it doesn't like make the movie. It's not like must see stuff. It's not doesn't elevate the material. It's just like oh, I, I had a costume change. I, I remember sure. that from the game that I played. Yeah, it just you know, nothing, nothing really pops. Nothing really pops. Um, so I think I think we've got a consensus on this, but I'm still going to ask the question: uh, Was the time travel gimmick used well? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, you just, no. you just laid yeah. it out for us, T-Dubs. It really yeah. wasn't. They could have done a lot more with it. And that's the problem. When your whole movie is literally banked on that gimmick, because this isn't just the Prince of Persia. This was the Prince of Persia, colon, the sands of time. That stupid magic dagger was like the whole fucking movie. It never felt like the most important part of the movie. And, yeah, and the was. sand runs out immediately. So it's yeah. like, no, 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 use it in a lot of really cool ways. And then at the moment he desperately needs it, he's out. Right. And then, you know, like that, that raises that raises the stakes. You have it, to right? figure it out from there. Right. Like he's been relying on this for, for so long, all of a sudden he doesn't have it. So what's he gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, yeah. I mean, I think they fumbled that. They just kind of misused it. the whole movie's predicated upon the gimmick and they don't use it well. I mean, let's be honest. We've I've already made the joke in the intro that this was basically meant to just be another pirates type franchise. Did this movie slash property have any chance to be in that big? A hundred percent no. Pirates I mean, is a I... is a globally known thing. And yes, this game was popular, but this wasn't exactly Mortal Kombat or Nope. Call of Duty or something that's doing well, and, and nothing they numbers. did in this nothing they did in this film elevated it beyond being a video game movie. Yeah, that's it. I mean, Pirates was a ride. It was entirely Johnny Depp's performances, Jack Sparrow, and I mean, even it gave uh, the whole franchise an identity. Exactly, and I mean, Jeffrey Rush did a great job as Barbosa, and even the the Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan characters were pretty competently acted. There was there was fun stuff there. Here, everything feels very like the that, edges have been rounded real hard. It sounds like it, it feels yeah. very sterilized. The closest say, that you get to a performance is what Alfred Molina is doing, except he's really got no reason to be here other than, hey, wouldn't it be fun to have this character? Which that was my big question. Like, is that a, is he a character from the game? 
Alfred Molina's character, or he was just embedded whole cloth. I I wouldn't even remember, but like like he's one of the, the either way he's he's a cartoon character. One of the characters right. I really love is the Umbaka, right? Like the guy that rolls around with Alfred Molina and he throws knives. Yeah. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah but, his, his like this this and, film yeah. is so short sighted. It's like, have I told you about the Umbaka? And like you watch the dude fight, and he's like mostly like I guess sort of competent, and then he throws a knife like seven hundred yards. It's like, well, he just struggled to kill this idiot who shoots barbs at people. And now he's throwing knives like he's friggin' Joe Montana on steroids. That's the thing. Even the Pirates movies, which I'm not a huge fan of, but they still looked grand. Like the like they, they were filmed on location. Like the they they looked big and epic. This movie mm-hmm. never feels bigger. And the first Pirates, and I even think the second Pirates. First Pirates definitely had a smaller budget than this, and the second one was probably even. So, hmm. and shooting on water—that's that's that's incredibly been, expensive and hard to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This movie has no excuse for looking as cheap as it does. Um, and so, I mean, I've got to ask this question: Does Ben Kingsley have a contract writer stating he always gets to wear eyeliner? Because I feel like he's always got the guy liner going on i think it's to hide his hangovers while he's hanging out on these terrible sets <laughs> I, I mean like you said he's just cashing the checks so i mean sure he's no proximo but you know yeah he's having a couple drinks uh, and just get to just really beat a dead horse i mean how offensive is the aggressive whitewashing in this film well, so, I mean, <laughs> depending on who you would ask, I think a handful of Persians would consider themselves white. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. That's probably fair. Yeah. But, like, it's really kind of jarring because you can't make Jake Gyllenhaal look Middle Eastern. He just doesn't look Middle Eastern. Even you probably shouldn't try either, right? Exactly. So maybe so, credit that they didn't like they gave him a tan, which is fine, and which wasn't aggressive. Yeah, the princess is the one where they they are it gets pretty borderline with yeah. I, and I'll just say this: maybe maybe one or two too many Brits, or five. I mean, I don't I don't know. <laughs> like, know. here's my thing: you know who should have been this? The guy from uh, the Mummy. Brendan Fraser. No, 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 not Brendan Fraser. The, Wait, why not? The guy, the guy who's part of the. Well, I mean, listen, Brendan Fraser. Arnold Bosley deserves to be protector. Or the guy that, that fights with Brendan Fraser, not the mummy, but the guy that fights oh. with Brendan Fraser. Oh, the guy that fights with Brendan Fraser. Yeah. yeah. The Rock. Scorpion King. Also that. Yeah. Is it? Are you but, talking about the little CGI creation from Monkey Bone? He hangs out with Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Uh, uh, oh, oh, monkey! I thought that was the guy from Ed. What a weird movie! Ron, Ron Perlman's like. Mm. You talking about the Looney Tunes movie? Sorry, sorry, Ron Perlman. All right, oh, uh, dead fair. Oh, dead. Oh, dead fair. fair. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. That guy. I know you're talking they about. Shot, they should have shot this. They should have shot this in 2001. Odette Fair should have been the Prince of Persia and it would have been fine. This speaks to a larger problem in Hollywood because the guy who played Aladdin and I forget his name he did an interview he did an interview fairly recently and since Aladdin, which is a billion dollar movie, he had gotten zero auditions. That he is the lead for. Yeah, he mm-hmm. was the titular character. So mm-hmm. it it is. It's a, it's still a huge problem in this movie. Obviously, well, this movie he, is twelve years he, old, but I'm, I'm of... just saying, T Dubs, he probably shouldn't have slapped Chris Rock. That probably hurt oh, his yeah. marketability. No, that was the magic carpet that slapped oh, Chris Rock. Okay, so mm. yeah. okay, and I do have one final question for the panel on this lovely film. Why does Hollywood hate Toby Kebbell? Oof. Why I does wish it, I knew. I don't. I don't think it's Hollywood. I think it's his agent. <laughs> like I feel like he made a monkey's paw wish on his own monkey paw from from <laughs> the Apes movies. I want to be in all the big movies. 
I feel like I feel like he is just Koba and he's pointing at his agent and he points at the script and he says, see this? Agent problem. I mean, I just I, I mean I made this joke. I'm like, I don't even remember what movie it was now. Warcraft or like, you know, he, oh no, it was the 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 sorcerer's apprentice. I'm like, you know, he's in all these horrible movies, but he's never the problem. He's never That's the worst not his part. Fault. It's not his Except fault. for Fan Forsick. That I mean, was his fault. He's even ah! in uh he's even in Kong Skull Island, right? And he's like actually yeah. really trying to dramatically act. And nobody else in that movie is a real real person. And he's like writing like letters to his son. Everybody else is just there to die. And then of course he dies like in the most ridiculous way imaginable. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, that was the real person here. The one person that okay, he had a family and we felt for him and he just gets eaten alive alone in the woods. Uh... I, th- I think Captain Cash is onto something. It's probably the monkey's paw wish there. You're going to be in all these big movies, but they're all going to do badly. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, honestly, kind of feels like it's the same wish Ben Kingsley made, if you think about it. I mean, sure, yeah. Well, anyway, all right, listener, we need to freshen up our brews ahead of the competitive portion of the pod. We've got the Two Camels Trivia Challenge coming up. But first, here's a message from our Woban Entertainment time-traveling brothers from another mother at the Double Turn Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Boss Ross. And I'm the J-Man, and we're the Double Turn Podcast. Every Friday, we bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in pro wrestling, or bringing you a look back to some of the best matches and moments in history. We have it all for you. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And you can also give us a follow on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. And we will catch you on the flip side. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by Wobam Entertainment. Now it's time for the Two Camels Trivia Challenge. Gentlemen, we have the standard format tonight. Five questions, multiple choice, and you'll be playing for an actual live ostrich. And the runner-up gets Alfred Molina's Screen War Gold Tooth. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, tonight's chime-ins are taxes... Prince of Persia, or any of the pod standards. Good luck, gentlemen. Instead or, of Prince of Persia, can I just say pee pee? Judges, judges. Yes, yes, we'll accept that. Pee pee. Pee All right, here we go. Question number one. Shocker! Jake Gyllenhaal was not the only actor considered for the lead. Which of the following actors was not considered for the role? Of Destan. Destan, Destan, Destan. I mean, we named all Destan. the generic white people in the lead up to this. It's oddly enough, I not did one not, of them. I did not go to that well this time. So here are your options. Which of these was not considered for the role of Dustin? Was it A Orlando Bloom? B James Franco? C mm-hmm. Zach Efron or D Hirthik Roshan? Taxes. Damn these taxes. Uh, that would be the Thunder's Wizard. I'm just saying this because if they were going to cast him, this movie may have been unintentionally the greatest thing of all time, and that's James Franco. That is correct. James Franco was not considered for the role. All those other guys were. And the last guy uh, is uh, Although is he's, actually, a, uh, he's uh, playing uh, Che Guevara, so... So yeah, okay. The whitewashing lives on. Yeah, there we go. Uh, the last guy, I think, w- would have been legit, but, but regardless. Okay, well, at D Dubs, that's one point. As we head into question number two, how long did Daston rewind time for the first time he activated the sand dagger in the movie? Was it A 15 seconds? B 24 seconds, C 32 seconds. Or D, 60 seconds. PP. That is Captain Cash. 24 seconds. Ooh, B, 24 seconds. That is incorrect. Damn. Thunderous Wizard, would you like to remain answers? 
No one fights like Daston. I'm going to go with 15 because <laughs> it seemed fairly short the first time around. Uh, Gets was... washed white like Daston. <laughs> oh, it was actually C, 32 seconds. Okay. No so one gets a point on that question. The second time is shorter because he gets stabbed I, right yes. off the bat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So T Dub still in the lead with one point, heading into question number three. Prince of Persia, Colin, the Sands of Time, was the highest grossing video game adaptation until this movie was released. Was it A Rampage? B Detective Pikachu, C Uncharted, or D Warcraft. It'd be. Oh, that is Captain Cash. Detective Pikachu. Hmm. That would seemingly make sense as it's the most recent, effectively, and also a relatively large property. But I'm sorry, B Detective Pikachu is incorrect. Man, B is doing me dirty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's it's Thunder yeah. Wizard. Talk about uh, a franchise that should have made money. Pokemon it, well, like sells it made, it made money, but it wasn't yeah. the highest grossing uh, film. Your remaining answers are A, Rampage, C, Uncharted, or D, Warcraft. I, Which I, of these made more money than Prince of Persia? Uh, give me Bone Dragons for the win, because I do think it's still Warcraft. It is Warcraft, barely. Barely, but it is Warcraft. Toby Kebbell perseveres because warcraft's like mid fours and uncharted mm -hmm. low fours and uh rampage is somewhere uh, in the middle of that threes everything's in the threes oh really okay yeah everything's in the threes i thought and uncharted warcraft got up edges. over four no no it's like 330 See, like that movie i think but no, you're a right. Warcraft's like representation of the game. No, I think you're right. I think Warcraft's like 440 and everything else is like 430. I think it's up pretty telling you. All right. Well, that's two points for the Thunderous Wizard. A commanding lead as we head into question number four. Ubisoft, the game studio behind Prince Persia, has had several games adapted to film. Which of these Ubisoft games is currently in development for a feature film? Is it A, Just Dance? Is it B, Might and Magic? Big fan, Might and Magic, the game rules. Uh, C, Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell? Or D, Rayman? Farts and Tarts, Splinter Cell. Oh, that is really aggressive, T-dubs. And also, very wrong. Wait a minute, it's not Splinter Cell? Are you sure? No, sir. Yep, that's not a thing. Captain Cash, can you steal? Your options are A, Just Dance, B, Might and Magic, or D, Rain Man. Rain Man. No, that's not Rain a, Man. It's not Dustin. Okay, no, that's like a that's like a Earthworm Jim. No, definitely God, D. Damn, definitely D. Just fuck, fuck both you guys. They're gonna make a fucking Just Dance movie. I don't. Ha. I don't oh, see. I don't. I don't, I don't care. Here was my problem. In 2017, Tom Hardy was attached to Splinter Cell, but that apparently is now no longer happening. Well, that is probably true, uh, T-dubs, but I'm afraid that did not help you with the question. So here we are heading into question number five. You do have the win in the bag with two points, but hey, for pride, let's get this done. Question number five, which of these franchise veteran directors was it one time rumored to helm the Prince of Persia? Is it A, Sam Raimi? Is it B, Richard Donner? Is it C, Uva Bull? Or is it D, Michael Bay? PP. Ooh, yeah. okay. Captain this feels Cash. like something Bay would have done. Oh, well, that is absolutely 110% correct. Uh -huh. On the board, Captain Cash is one point, redeeming Didn't himself. Didn't get skunked. You just earned that gold tooth. Screen worn. Uh, Alfred Molina gold tooth. Excellent work. Uh, still tastes like him. Wait, what? And T-dubs, enjoy your ostrich. Take good care of it. I'm not sure what the local laws are in Arizona, but it's the wild, well, wild west. I so should, sure should be able to, uh, you know, anything, you know, 40, 40, you know, there's an acceptable speed limit. I can ride my ostrich. Yeah, no, that's 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 legit. I think. 
Um, so, well, congratulations, gentlemen. Well played. Uh, that brings us to recommendations tonight. And I had this whole like recommendation thing written up, but I watched a movie today that dawned on me as the perfect recommendation coming after Prince of Persia. I watched Galaxy Quest this afternoon. And yeah, that's a cult classic. It's probably one of the better Star Trek films uh, ever produced, but it also makes excellent use of a time travel gimmick. And I would argue that if you like a movie with a time travel gimmick, like the one used in Prince of Persia, colon, Sands of Time, a better alternative would be Galaxy Quest, because there's a time travel thing at the end, and it's used to better effect and more satisfying, in my opinion. Fair enough. Does, does anybody else agree? I mean, plus Sigourney I Weaver's mean, smoking hot. That's a that. much better Just movie, yeah. Blonde yeah. Sigourney Weaver. And it also technically is like, an adaptation of a property as in he gets sucked into an actual galaxy quest and he is the star of galaxy quest yeah the mm -hmm. meta commentary yeah. I, yeah. my recommendation this week was also going to be a, a time travel movie that does this better and i already mentioned it once but it's edge of tomorrow with tom cruise and mm -hmm. emily blunt that's a good ass movie that uses this principle of oh shit i did this far and i died okay i gotta start over that. She's remarkably bad at surviving for a guy who's like in the service, by the way. Like the first like five deaths, it's like, dude, you rolled under a moving truck. What are you, fucking idiot? <laughs> I mean, that's what makes it so good. Haven't we all been there? It is an awesome movie, though, but it, it's kind of funny how stupid it is. At certain aren't, aren't they working on a sequel for that? Uh, I mean, do you need a sequel for a movie or just repeat the first movie and then he dies well, in different ways? I thought they were trying. Well, I mean, it's like Happy Death Day too. I mean, they did change obviously the plot a little bit to that, but the Happy Death Day movies are legit great. They're awesome. Yeah, uh, that that would be a good other recommendation of sort of time travel and you die. Yeah, honestly, uh, that's a great record. Either one of them are they're they're both a ton of fun. But my recommendation, I have a couple. So I watched one of those untold documentaries on Netflix called crimes and penalties which is about a uhl hockey team in danbury connecticut that was basically purchased by a organized mobster who many people think was the basis for tony soprano and the sopranos and uh he gives the franchise to his 17 year old son and wow. they essentially field the team from slapshot that has ogie oglethorpe on it and they just beat the shit out of everyone and it is it is utter insanity <laughs> It, it was a, nuts. It was a really fun documentary, uh, but I a few weeks ago, well, when we did Gangster Squad, I recommended The Outlaws, which was that Korean gangster movie where the Chinese gangsters basically pitted two warring Korean uh, gangs against each other. And I watched the uh, sequel the other day, The Roundup, where uh, a Korean expat is basically murdering south koreans in vietnam and that brings the uh the beast cop over there to kind of find out what happens and you know all shit hits the fan from there but that's gilgamesh from uh the eternals uh again the guy from train to busan yeah mao dong siok or as i guess he is known don lee and now that, i'm like that, obsessed with this guy because that, he that just dude has a ton of charisma Yes, right? I love that, him. That, that guy, that guy just he rules. Yeah. And one of the cool things about the Outlaws and the Roundup is like they're really fucking violent movies, but they also have a lot of humor and definitely a lot of heart. And like that character is incredibly charismatic. And they're making a third one, so I'm super psyched about that. But I'm just like chugging through this dude's catalog now of Korean movies because yeah. I think he's so cool. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. Well, all right. Thanks again, folks, for joining us on this episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. Uh, next week, we have the third installment in our Hops and Star Powered Flop series. We'll be reviewing Death to Smoochie with Captain Cash. It's going to be fun, guys. It's going to be fun. I, I certainly hope so. I do love me some Edward Norton and Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito directed it. Robin, Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. I've yeah. actually never seen it. So same here. Same here. Har Harvey Firestein. 
But does it have Sam Rockwell? It does not. Mm. Galaxy think. Quest does. It does have John yeah. Stewart. Oh, okay. Uh, that's I. You know what? That's that's a that's a welcome proxy. I'll take that. Uh, but anyway, as always, you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hops and Bo Flops. You can find me on Twitter at Chumpzilla Eight. Captain Cash can be found on all of your social medias at C A P T C A S H. And don't forget, the Thunderous Wizard can be found on Twitter at Writer T L K. And if you really want to go digging for Mayor McCheese, you can find him at HBOF McCheese on Twitter. And please check out Wobam Entertainment at wobamentertainment.com. If you enjoy the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And don't forget to connect with us on social media. We really could use a friend or two. Anyway, folks. AT Dubs, I think I made a mistake earlier in the pod. Um, can you do me a favor? Can you just like press the jewel on your dagger and send us back so we can do this all over again? Nah, I'm not gonna do that. Fuck. All right. Good night. <laughs>